Dan, do you ever wish there was more to life? How do you mean? You know, you ever just wanted something else to get you through this? Well, like a like a higher sense of purpose? Higher purpose? Are you are you kidding me? We go spring food mo. What higher purpose could there be? No, no, no. I I just want something new, something else, something different than the lunch and dinner of it all. Uh, I've never heard that expression. Would would you mind elaborating? It, not an expression. No funny talk here, Dan. I'm I'm tired of lunch and dinner, and I wish there was a third option. Do I need to spell it out for you? So let me get this straight. When you asked me, do you ever wish there was more to life? You were asking if I wish there was another meal in the day. Yes. Another meal besides lunch and dinner. Exactly. A third meal. Andy. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> I know. What did you have in mind? Well, I figured it should be something you can have early in the morning, like hearty with eggs, sausage, vegan sausage, cornbread. And grilled cheese? Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but like gourmet grilled cheese with mozzarella, goat cheese, gouda. Heck, throw some mac and cheese and pulled pork on there, too. I mean, that does sound good, but I was thinking more along the lines of bacon, hash browns, biscuits, and gravy. You know, something to get your day started off with. Yeah, and sweets, too. Uh, yeah, I guess like French toast and waffles. Yeah, and ice cream sandwiches and, and, and soups. I don't know. I was thinking more along the lines of... Uh, you, you know what? Let's scratch the whole like only morning thing. I want this stuff all day. Oh, no, Dan. We, we did it again. <laughs> what? We just described druffs. Hoofs? Druffs, uh, located on the corner of Jefferson and Park Central East downtown. They serve delicious gourmet sandwiches like the Father Schlink with Gouda mac and cheese, sweet barbecued pulled pork on sourdough, or the Jidner with provolone, cheddar, Havarti, bacon, and tomato on wheat. They also have fresh salads, hot soups, and even prairie pies for dessert. Oh, druffs. That's right. They do have all that stuff. You know, I hear you can go to yumdruffs.com and use promo code SPRING at checkout to get 10% off your online order. Or you can go in person and tell them Spring Food Mo sent you for the same deal. That's right, Dan. And they open every day at 7 a.m., 8 a.m. on Sundays. So you can stop by in the morning for a cornbread crumble or a swipe right. That's two over-easy eggs, hash browns, bacon, jalapenos, cheddar cheese, and avocado. Mmm, that's got me hungry for some breakfast at Druffs. What? Springfield, Missouri is home to both the Temple of Doom and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Live to a hard drive, you're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. I am Andy Carr. And I'm Dan Howell, not resting for a second year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've not slept and we're so tired. Yes, we haven't slept Let since episode one dropped. <laughs> this is our 62nd episode. Wow. That's right. If you're wondering how we jumped from 60 to 62, <laughs> it's because I decided the history of drafts counts. <laughs> Hey, sure. Yeah, the history of Caspers, you mean? Uh, history of Caspers, yeah. History of drafts, not yet written. It's been a, a minute since we've recorded one of Except for the these. one that I wrote. <laughs> That's the official history of uh, drafts, right? The one that I wrote? Oh, Pretty yes. sure, yeah. So, yeah, this is now our 62nd episode, officially, canonically. Mm. It's been retconned. Wow. 62. Feels pretty good. It feels great. Yeah. So, we had our live show 
Uh, last, oh. it's not even last Wednesday. It's Wednesday, two <laughs> the week before yes, last yeah. for us right now. Yeah. We had a little break. Yes, and boy, we did we do a lot in that break. <laughs> we sure did. We're gonna bore you to death talking about all that later. <laughs> Get ready. Oh boy, <laughs> man it it feel it feels like it's been longer it since really we've been does. in here, especially since the last in studio mm-hmm. episode we recorded was with Jeff Houghton. Right, all like. A, a decade ago, it seems. <laughs> I think it might have been three weeks, two weeks ago, <laughs> oh something like goodness. that. Who cares? Speaking of Jeff Houghton, this Friday, this is an unpaid plug, but this Friday, wow. the Mystery Hour is going to be taping their next three-episode block, and one of the guests is going to be Dan Chilton. Wow. Tetris champion. That's incredible. Future Tetris champion. Ooh, fingers crossed. It's, so if you go, you get to see one previous Spring Foodimo guest interview another previous Spring Foodimo <laughs> oh, guest. Wow, that's crazy. You better believe I'll be there. There's going to be a wedding at that episode, no. I was at the I was at the taping. I think it was last year where this couple, this man proposed to his woman, who instantly became his fiance. <laughs> oh, wow. That is such a concise way to describe what happened there. <laughs> I'm tired, Dan. And now they're getting married. They're going to get the married show. on the show. Which That's is pretty insane. cool. And uh, one of the guests is going to be uh, one of the boys from It. Oh wow. Yeah, the one who gets swole in the sequel. <laughs> not not Finn Wolfhard of, no. of Calpurnia, mm-hmm. my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I'm going to be there. If you go back and listen to our Jeff Houghton episode, you know exactly where I'm going to be sitting. <laughs> also, left side. So Dan probably won't be there since it's, it happens after 5 p.m. And Man, the, the prospect of seeing Dan Shelton, though, that... He is so cool. Uh-huh. I described just him to a friend in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about a little later. He's he's just one of the coolest people I know. Yeah. <laughs> the the founder of the Moxie, now future Tetris champion. It it doesn't get much cooler than that. I gotta tell you, he's doing some other cool stuff too. <laughs> that we're not gonna get into. Wow. So yeah, we had that live show and I felt like it went really well. I, I it was a thrill. Can't believe so many people came. And I genuinely mean that. It seems kind of insane to spend your Wednesday evening listening to two <laughs> dumb dumbs talk for yeah. 80 to 90 minutes. Yeah. But people did. And we got a lot of compliments. We it was did. cool. It was no like, well, some people did leave early. <laughs> no, that's not true. Some people left right as soon it was over, as it was over. And I was like, that seems right. Some people came late. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But uh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you if you came out. Thank you if you listened to it. We, you know, we see the numbers. We know it was like an average number of episode sure. listeners. So, hope everybody enjoyed that. I sure enjoyed planning it and performing it with you, Dan. I wonder if anybody re-listened that was at the show besides oh, us. One hundred percent. I got texts about it from people oh, who wow. were there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I thought it played pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did forget to talk about something. We very did. very important we did i had to rush out mm-hmm. and, and maybe we were going to do it in that portion we but. even alluded to it uh we were we were like <laughs> we're going to talk about this later and then we just never did we, we did. left the thread dangling so something we did on our last live show <laughs> that's well. true yeah <laughs> so now it's time for us to talk about marcy mm. the server slash basically the person who runs casper's front of house back of house all of house side of house uh-huh. i think she probably roof. She put the, the roof, roof on up, yes <laughs> <laughs> it's a quonset hut so there's not much <laughs> roof work needs to be done just hose it off i guess she I, I bet she puts those posters up yeah oh yeah she's very tall <laughs> no she's not <laughs> marcy so, yeah tell us about marcy dan marcy is you could say casper's is like marcy's playground <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> a little short on sex and candy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Hey, it's KGBX, so I guarantee that song's played in there. Oh, my God. Oh, it has to Mm -hmm. all the time. Marcy is one of the kindest people I've ever met in my entire life. She took my call in order the first time, called me sweetie upwards of a hundred times. You are a sweetie. I I am, and I like to have that acknowledged, even (laughs) if it's just over the phone. She served me both times I went to Casper's, was prompt and attentive. Both times I was there, shouted across the restaurant to other tables who were waiting. I'm sure that they hadn't been waiting long. I'm sure that they weren't thinking anything about when their food was going to come, (laughs) but she makes it a point to tell them, it's going to be out in just a moment. Boy, oh boy, Andy. Marcy eyeballs the concoction of red super sweet Kool-Aid and Sprite to make the special Casper's Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. And I got to say, Casper's has been owned by a former server there once before. I think they should can you continue with that tradition. Yeah. Pass she, it down to Marcy. She figuratively owns it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she she owned it. I also had great experiences with Marcy. She was incredibly kind to me. Even whenever she told me they were out of chili, she's like, I'll make you anything else. But I really came for the chili. So I walked out. I spat in her face. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wow. I was really nice to her. She was so cool about it. She was very sympathetic. And then later when I did come, I told the stories on the previous episode, the Casper's episode. Uh, how fast my order came out. Mm-hmm. The gentleman next to me had gone outside to smoke, so basically they just gave me his order. Mm-hmm. And so my order came out in 90 seconds. Wow. Because we'd ordered the same thing. And then his order came out like 30 seconds after that. Mm-hmm. So such fast service. I think one of the times you went, it was just Marcy, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think both times I went, it was just Marcy. What a phenomenal person. Really fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Hustles. Yes. But also never looks like out of sorts either. This is her job. She's doing it well. She's doing it at the very top level, I would say. And that is why we are going to award Marcy at Casper's with the Spring Food Mo, Spring Field Mo, Golden Tower, Honorable Medal of Excellence for Distinguished Achievement in the Field of Food Service. Congratulations, Marcy. God bless you. What a cool person. <laughs> yeah, I I told Marcy, uh, she thanked me as I was leaving, and I said, you're the best server I've ever had. And she feigned ignorance and was like, no. She knows. Yeah, well, I told her, I was like, surely I'm not the first person to have to- tell you this. And she did not respond because I <laughs> certainly was not. <laughs> I had another interesting experience this weekend that I want to talk a little bit about, Dan. I got to walk around an abandoned price cutter, Ooh. which is pretty fascinating. Uh, a few of my friends are in the process of starting a new food business, and this price cutter closed, and they purchased at auction a bunch of food equipment. And so I sure uh, volunteered to come and help haul some of that stuff, which let me tell you, not easy. Yeah, I you, you were not the person I would actually no. who I would pick. I'm a small man. <laughs> it's not like you have a truck or anything. Someone either. might, some people might describe me as rinky dink. <laughs> No, it was me and another small man, and that man's father, uh, trying to get all this stuff uh, hauled back to the new location of this place. And 
it was pretty wild, man. I mean, it, there was like dirt on the ground where oh, yeah. the coolers and stuff used to be. And I don't think they'd updated this particular price cutter in probably several years. Mm-hmm. You know, they've like updated the decor and other ones. So it looked really gnarly. It looked like a post-apocalyptic movie set yeah. or something. I was just like imagining, you know, zombies around the corner or something. <laughs> Bre- getting ready to eat me instead of... Uh, <laughs> The other way around? No, I don't need zombies. Wow. <laughs> That's zombie dogs. <laughs> it's pretty much the modus operandi for yeah. uh, zombies. But anyway, I, that was just a fascinating experience, and I wanted to get that out there that I did a weird thing. So I guess that's all I had to say about <laughs> so, it. Hey, I, I spent some time in an abandoned Kmart, or almost oh, yeah. abandoned as they were uh, closing its doors. I was there on the very last day and got to see just the empty shell of a Kmart uh-huh. that I had used to work at. And uh, boy, did I spit on its bones. <laughs> I spit on its bones. <laughs> oh, I sure did. Real spit-heavy episode, this one. Yeah, well, it's because BBQ makes my mouth water, Dan. Oh, <laughs> one more thing before we get into the actual meat of this episode, so to speak. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we got a message from a previous guest as we were recording just now, and they asked if we could uh, play uh, play the voicemail. So we're going to do that. <laughs> oh, yes. So let's play a voicemail from Holland Wilson. Hey, Dan Drew. It's Holland. I just wanted to call you guys for a fabulous vacation to let you know that the cooking competition I told you about, Show Me Chefs, yeah, well, the season just started airing locally on KOZL on Sundays at 5, but for your massive international following, they can find all the seasons by searching for Show Me Chefs on YouTube and then subscribing so we can rank in that sweet, sweet ad money. Thank you. Have a great show. Thanks, Holland. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, Show Me Chefs starts uh, this week at the time that, he, that Holland said <laughs> in the message. Uh, KOZL. Yeah, cool. So check that out. We're going to try to get some people associated with that show on our show. Like that's in the works, but um, they have our info and haven't gotten back a hold of us yet. So <laughs> no, I, I've communicated sure. with them. We're just waiting on the specific person whose job it is to set that kind of thing up to make it happen. So, so let's get into our bio segment for uh, <laughs> this restaurant we're going to cover today. Wilson's Chuck Wagon. That's right. <laughs> Wilson's Chuck Wagon. I forgot how to do spring food mo. <laughs> Wilson's Chuck Wagon is a family business, and the family is the Wilson family, specifically Kay Wilson, her husband Raymond Boots Wilson, and their son Ben. If the name Boots Wilson sounds familiar, then thanks for listening to our show and paying weirdly close attention to the bio segments, because the reason the name Boots rings a bell is that he and Kay used to own Pappy's Place, which by total coincidence was the last barbecue spot we covered just a few months ago with special guest Vance Hall, owner of Dress in Downtown Springfield. Use promo code SPRING at checkout for 10% off. Boots Wilson first ate at Pappy's in 1975 when he was 20 years old and fresh out of the military. Almost immediately, he became a regular. He just couldn't get enough of those pork spare ribs. But Boots quit going a few years later when the business changed hands and the food quality declined. Or, that's what he thought. However, when the 90s rolled around, Pappy's place went up for sale. Boots saw that as an opportunity to return the old Midtown Meat Hut to its former glory. He bought the place, switched to a higher quality meat supplier, and increased portion sizes. Boots ran Pappy's until 1999, at which point he sold it to the current owners, the Keese family. 
Now, before, after, and during his time at Pappy's, Boots also worked as a master electrician. The restaurant was kind of like a side gig, or more like a second main gig, a concept with which I am personally quite familiar. In 2011, Boots and Kay decided it was time to get back into the barbecue business. They purchased a lot on West Kearney and built an all-new restaurant, Wilson's Chuck Wagon. Boots handles the business side, keeping the books and doing the payroll. His wife Kay and their son Ben run the Chuck Wagon day to day. Oh, well, Boots does still make the desserts, and he makes them from scratch. Yes, the Wilsons try to make everything they serve as close as possible to a home-cooked backyard barbecue experience. They smoke all their meats in-house for hours on end. They make all their sides and desserts by hand, but is there an actual wagon involved? Dan and Andy investigate tonight on Spring Food Mo. Pretty short bio there, Andy. Not not a whole lot of information out there. It's almost as if I was overworked for a week <laughs> and then had a vacation. Uh, didn't uh, do... No, actually, the truth is, there wasn't that much out there about yeah. this place. I mean, I felt like there was a reasonable amount of information. It in happens. There. So, uh, And part of the history of it is the history of Pappy's. So if you want to know more about Pappy's and how this family got into barbecue, go listen to that. Yeah. Pretty good episode, I'd say. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's really good. <laughs> I'm really proud of that one. I think neither of us had been to Wilson's Chuck Wagon prior to our visit this week. We're going to try to do more of that because it's kind of become clear that in order to sustain this show, <laughs> we're going to have to not go to the big restaurants every single week. Got to save some of them. Oh, so. yeah. I had not even heard of Wilson's yeah. Chuck Wagon. N- never get over there. Mm-hmm. I had only seen the billboards. Uh, on the north side of town, there's Wilson's Chuck Wagon Billboards. And it's a good name. It is. It's it a really great rolls name. off the tongue in the top of the mouth. <laughs> Chuck Wagon. <laughs> Who's this Chuck fellow anyway? Uh, <laughs> you didn't bring him up. In you know, your, I really uh, thought that. I'll tell you what, Dan. I reached out to someone that I thought was uh, affiliated with the business, and that person is going to come on later. Though it turns oh, out okay. they're not affiliated with okay. the business. Okay. So. <laughs> So you walk in, you're going to notice it's got a real fast food feel inside. Yeah. They do have a drive through and it feels like a fast food place until you look at the menu and realize it's definitely sit-down restaurant prices, at least for shovel the entree items. It's a counter service restaurant, mm-hmm. so you just walk up, uh, make your order, and then go back to your seat and wait. They bring it to you, that kind of thing. You got your sauces at the table, Indeed. your classic barbecue restaurant staple. Uh, there's white painted bricks. It's beige drywall. They got 11 four tops plus two outdoor tables, black chairs with red padding, black and white checkered tablecloths. This is a pretty standard barbecue restaurant. Yeah, very unassuming. It kind of feels like the place, like on the side of the road in Texas, that you'd go sit down for a break or something. Sure. That was the impression that I got. And I mean that in a pretty neutral way. It just felt like pretty typical inside to me. That's that's kind of how uh, it was for me after a long, uh, weary travel. <laughs> I don't know how weary it was. <laughs> but after a, a long day of traveling, I, on my way home, got to sit down there. and uh, That is why we picked this place is because it was relatively... <laughs> close to the route you would be taking on the way yes, home. Yes, it, it was a kindness trip. done by you, actually. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I really oh, appreciate it. I was just trying to make it feasible for us to do an episode this week. <laughs> well, I went back again anyway, so that, whew, it is way out there. You filled, you filled your wagon twice. Yes. <laughs> so the first thing I think we need to talk about at Wilson's Chalk Wagon is the sauces. Somebody <laughs> sauce me. <laughs> 
How many sauces I got at the old chuck wagon, Dan? Oh, boy, Andy, it's got to be three. Yeah, it's three. Unless you're counting ketchup. <laughs> Original, sweet, and spicy. They need a chuck sauce. They really do. They need something else. They need to call it chuck sure. sauce. Even though chuck is not someone's name, it's like <laughs> ground meat. <laughs> or just chuck sauce, <laughs> sweet chuck sauce, and then spicy yeah. chuck sauce. So let's uh, start with that original. You got impressions of the original? That's what I had on all mm. of my meals. It was fine. It's yeah. a it's a real thin barbecue sauce. There's really is nothing too stand outish to me. It it tastes like you know some some Casey masterpiece or Sweet Baby Ray's probably more. Well, Dan, that to me is a generous interpretation because my notes say barely there. Oh, okay. I felt like this had almost no flavor at all. It did have a very thin, you know, aqueous texture, and that was about it. Not a big fan of the original sauce. I think I probably preferred the sweet sauce. Mm-hmm. What, what, uh, what, what were your impressions of that one? It had a nice initial flavor, but I found that flavor dissipated less than a second after it hit the tongue. So I liked it, you know, immediately after the bite, but then it, that flavor went away sure. real quick. Kind of just a sweeter version of the original. Uh-huh. Now, I did like the spicy more. I had a nice lasting throat burn. This was a legitimately good sauce. So if you go, I'd say the spicy is probably closer to what you're going to get as a standard barbecue sauce at another place. It's not really that spicy. Except for, like I said, a little bit of throat burn, but yeah, like the, the spicy. The only time I had the spicy, I also had some jalapenos on my dish, so mm. I, I wasn't 100% sure if it was the heat from those or the spicy sauce, but you know, it was fine. They're yeah. all fine mm-hmm. uh, in my estimation. I, I don't think I dislike them as much as you, but uh, there, there's nothing super special about them. It, dislike is too strong. I just didn't care one way or the other about the original and sweet and thought the spicy was pretty good. You know, I definitely didn't buy a bottle to take home or anything like that, but the spicy was fine. Sure. Uh, Did you get a roll with anything you ordered, Dan? I didn't. There are rolls? Not only are there rolls, there are the exact same rolls that used to be served when we were kids at the SPS cafeteria. No. Squares, the square rolls that don't pop up very high, and they're very chewy. And I got to say... Really enjoyed that roll. I'm a fan of that roll. Absolutely. <laughs> Me too. It's yeah. a good roll, especially for it's good for dipping. Oh, yes. Which is what I did. Dipped it in sauce, dipped it in beans, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. I got to say, SPS has switched everything to whole wheat, mm. and those rolls are fine, but yep. they don't have that just mm-hmm. flowery, delicious yeah, taste that of the old roll. chew to mm-hmm. them. Mm. But good rolls. Enjoyed those rolls, and it was a real nostalgic bite for me because I hadn't really had that taste in 20 years or something like that. Who knows? Wow. Andy, I tried a couple different sides. Gotta say, I think my favorite was the French fries. Mm. I got those with my sandwich on my second trip there yesterday. Got my sandwich as a combo that came with a large drink and a large order of fries. And I gotta say, Andy, they mean large. (laughs) This bag of fries was bigger than either of the sandwiches that I had. It was a huge bag of fries. Really just like... I I can compare them to wing stops fries probably oh, wow. most really aptly. uh yeah I I mean I don't think they don't have the sweetness that a wing stop fry has mm. actually they're probably closer to a Chicago cheesesteak company oh, fry so soft yes yeah soft but with uh, some crispy ends so you're just talking about the the color is similar to wing stop so it's got that real deep brown oh yes yeah absolutely I you know I would say they're up there with wing stop they're heavily seasoned wow. like a wing stop fry and they get the really crispy ends on them I even had mine on the Rachel Ray bag on that long trip home and they still maintained a good amount of crispiness with the super soft insides uh-huh. 
Uh, I mean, with the size of the order and the comparison to Wingstop, some of the best fries around, uh-huh. I really enjoyed these fries. I would say Wingstop's probably my favorite chain fry. Wow. Like, no, not probably. It definitely is. We used to talk, I feel like we used to talk about Wingstop a fair amount on the show, but Love we haven't mentioned Wingstop. it in a while. Haven't been there in quite a while. Mm. <laughs> Sad. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to elaborate <laughs> on why that is. Uh, I tried the potato salad. It looked great. Uh, it was had tons of red seasoning on top. I don't know what kind of seasoning it was because honestly, could barely taste it. Top layer was pretty good. Very creamy, basically mashed potatoes. You, you would get some chunks in there every now and again. And it was a little buttery, but once I added salt, it these, this was really good potato mm. salad. Now, I will say it didn't taste homemade. It definitely tastes like something uh, pre-made or store-bought sure. or a Cisco kind of product. But again, we have been accused of having some anti-cisco sentiment which we have for sure but you know some of the food is good it's just not any soul in it you know as a previous guest said i'm fine with the cisco product but whenever you're putting it up against a shanghai and egg roll if that's the complaint we're getting then somebody hasn't had a shanghai shanghai yes yes you've been shanghai fellow (laughs) so i did like the potato salad i felt that i liked it more as i continued eating also for reasons that will become clear later (laughs) Andy, I also got an order of the onion rings, and probably the closest comparison I can make here is to Casper's. Oh. They really kind of felt like Casper's onion rings. So not excellent. Quite as good. Okay. Just, you know, that style of battering, certainly not a panko batter or uh-huh. anything. They they were perfectly fine. I, I feel like the Casper's ones were a little more seasoned, had a little more flavor just on their own. And these were, you know, onion flavored. They weren't really anything special, but certainly not bad onion rings. I, yeah. I, I would get again. Nice. I tried the baked beans. This is the one thing I ordered that came out hot. Mm. Okay. There was just a little bit of steam rising off the top, which looked beautiful. These were thick and saucy. It was almost like sauce with beans in it more than the other way around. It tasted like a mild sweet barbecue sauce with some beans. Um, there were also strips of tender ham in there. This was like stealthily the best barbecue sauce uh, that they had. It tasted like a good barbecue sauce versus uh, a mediocre barbecue sauce sure. like the other three tasted like. Really enjoyed these baked beans. Again, don't know if they're homemade. Honestly, they didn't. They tasted like a really good canned bean because I, I love a good canned pork and beans. It's just the truth. And that's what these tasted like. I think that might actually explain something. And I don't know if we're about to get into our entrees here, but yeah, I had the barbecue beef nachos Uh and the one real defining characteristic of these nachos, they came with the baked beans on them. Not a lot of places do that. And maybe that's why I had more feelings about the barbecue sauce because I, I agree with you. They, they were definitely my favorite part of the nachos. You just don't get them served that way uh-huh. a lot. Another part of these nachos, they use the nacho cheese, oh. the one that comes from the dispenser. Nice. I don't know if they've got one of those dispensers in back or if it's just canned, but it's not any kind of shredded, then melted cheese. You know, like a lot of other things we've described so far, I can only describe it as not super special uh (laughs) beyond the baked beans i do think that that's kind of a defining characteristic that you don't get with a lot of other barbecued nachos i love that idea of putting baked beans on nachos that sounds awesome especially these which were really good baked beans 
You know, they were definitely the best part of them. My biggest complaint was in this huge order of nachos, you get a lot of sog going on. Yeah. They were heavily sauced, plus you get the bean juice and the nacho cheese sauce. Very soggy mess by the end, but got to say, I would probably get them again. Was this takeout? No, no, this, this was, was in my person. Yes, soggy this was my in in person. That's yes, an issue. Yeah. Well, as I said, huge order. They, they don't skimp on the portions of some things yeah. here. Uh, the Their fries, very big, and this nacho order was huge. Yeah. So by the time I got to the end, fairly soggy, but not too big of a complaint. Yeah, there. that's something that I wanted to talk about. I only had time to go once to Wilson's Chuck Wagon, which is crazy because we had an extra long time to do this. I've just been so busy oh, sure. out of town. But I, when I went, I got the combo platter to try as many things as possible. So I got the two sides I already talked about. It also came with two pork ribs, uh, pulled pork, uh, sirloin, which is like pulled beef or brisket, yeah. uh, and one hot link. Um, so I'm going to be kind of chiming in with my thoughts to sort of go along with uh, what Dan says because he got some things that were similar. I assume it was probably the sirloin that came on your loaded yes, nachos, if I, I had to so. guess. I found the sirloin to be very stringy. It kind of had a, uh, it, it was a pretty succulent texture. There was some moistness to it. It was pretty lean. It honestly did not have a whole lot of flavor. It was a decent sauce delivery device. Again, like I said, the barbecue sauces weren't that great, but when I would dip it in the beans, maybe get a little of the potato salad in there with the sirloin, it was good. Sure. Like the texture was nice. You know, I, I would prefer for the sirloin to be good in and of itself, but nope. didn't, didn't hate it. I'd, if I, again, if I was in Texas and I stopped at this place just to get something to eat because I was starving on the road, would have been fine. I totally agree with you. I think that was uh, probably the downfall of the nachos is the meat just mm -hmm. didn't have a whole lot of flavor, which, you know, at a barbecue restaurant, that's kind of what you're hoping for. Yeah. I tried that link sausage also. It had a very thin casing, extraordinarily thin casing. The meat had a mild heat to it, but not very much, less than I would prefer. It was very fatty. It didn't have much snap to it. It was very soft, almost like a Vienna sausage softness sure. on the inside, which sounds bad, but the truth is I really liked it. That was a pretty good sausage, even if the texture was somewhat surprising and different from most sausages. It just had a steady, mild heat throughout the bite, the time inside the mouth. It wasn't bad. It was a pretty good sausage. On my second trip there, uh, my drive through order, I got the brisket sandwich. This was the one that I got in the combo. It wasn't a super bad price. I think it was like $5.99 plus oh, whatever the combo edition was. And definitely got what I paid for. The For a brisket sandwich, you expect something to be really piled up and just fallen off the bun. This was a modest six, seven slices of brisket yeah. on a very small bun. Like just as small of a hamburger bun as you can get. Just a, akin to a McDonald's like regular cheeseburger non-seated bun. I actually liked the brisket a lot. There was no toughness or fattiness at all to Very it, which lame. is, yeah, uncommon in brisket. I know a lot of people kind of look for that in the brisket, but I just like that smoky flavor. Uh -huh. uh, it really fell apart in my mouth. One complaint I have, that bottom bun was absolutely destroyed. Uh -huh. It was non-existent. It did seem like they probably toasted their buns. I think I could see on the edge a little bit that there was some toastedness to it. I've had this experience in another place recently, and I'm going to talk about it later. Why even bother with a bottom bun? Yeah. If that's how, if that's the kind of sandwich you're making, I just would rather not even have it there because it adds nothing if it's all soggy. Yeah. I, I had another 
sandwich that I'll get into that the bottom bun was not so bad, but with this brisket, I think as hot as it comes yeah. and like as steamy as it is, it was in the Rachel Ray bag and just the combination of barbecue sauce, which it was a fairly well sauced sandwich and the steam from it just wrecked it. Yeah. But other than that, I really liked it. I tried some pulled pork and I got to be honest, Dan, it tasted exactly like the sirloin mm-hmm. prepared exactly the same way. Did not have much crispness to it. Was weirdly lean for pork. Did not have much flavor. Was unseasoned. Was a little smoky. Not quite as smoky as I would like. It was fine. Again, sauce delivery device. It was okay. My um, brother had the pulled pork sandwich and I tried a little bit of it. Could not tell the difference between t- the so sirloin bizarre. and the... That's not normal. Yeah. That's not normal. Like you can get a sandwich that has literally has both on it and you can distinguish between the two flavors yep. in your mouth. These were they're, they're not great. They're not great. <laughs> Smoked meats. Sadly, we don't we're not negative very often, but like I'm just speaking the truth here. Well, we'll get to some positive stuff here in a bit. Um, I also tried some ribs. And Dan, I love ribs. I love good ones. You know, it's pretty hit or miss because I guess probably has something to do with the uh, whatever you feed the animal or something i don't know <laughs> i gotta say these ribs were dry they were chewy they were like 80 percent fat wow. just huge Ooh. globs of fat barely edible um i had to like use a fork to cut the actual meat portion off so i could taste it what a bummer really disappointing that's a problem i didn't have with any of their other meats Man. here no, no fat on anything and really. i will tell you that this this plate cost 18.99 oh goodness and I it was a lot of meat. This is one of the first times since we started doing this podcast. I just looked down on my plate and was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I, I don't <laughs> I actively didn't want to eat it, you know, because I guess maybe we just been eating tons of Casper's sure. and it all just looked fine. And I, I, I ate it still thinking if this is good, I'll, I'll say how good it is. And uh, <laughs> I left this meal deeply unsatisfied, like wishing I'd eaten a salad wow. or something. Only ate half of it. I got to say, I felt really bad after. That cost, I think, my for my second meal, I got a brisket sandwich, another sandwich, one of those sandwiches as a combo with the fries, and I think it was sixteen ninety nine. So that that was after tax and yeah. everything. That that's quite the price point for yeah. something that's gonna leave you disappointed like that. And when I talk about me feeling bad, I mean I hadn't eaten all day. So this is a lot of it's operator error. Sure. So I, I had like one RX bar that day and then ate at four thirty, which is not like normal human behavior. <laughs> so a lot of that is my fault. You know, I filled an empty stomach with smoked meat. So sure. that, that's my fault, you know. <laughs> but I just didn't I just don't think I want to do that anymore. Like I just don't want to just sit down and eat a bunch of meat. Hey, I get it. Food fatigue <laughs> is what I was experiencing and uh, it kind of carried into my vacation, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. The last thing I tried, well, the second to last thing I tried was I had a little bite of my lovely girlfriend, the smoke show. You had a bite of your girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> um, yes. You guys are weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to keep it fresh somehow. Uh, I, I had a bite of the smoke shows hamburger. She uh-huh. got the fourth pound burger. I think it was $5. It was just very very plain it tasted like a wendy's burger yeah i think it was pretty clearly uh, like a frozen patty nothing super bad <sighs> i you know the price point on it wasn't horrible and with the big order of fries i maybe if you got like the chili burger or something i noticed they also had chili fries i'm yeah. curious to see how those are uh but i i don't think i would ever get that again wendy's beef is fresh never frozen dan oh really mm-hmm. mm. they use fresh meat wow <laughs> You saying a Wendy's burger, I wish I had eaten at Wendy's. 
Ooh. Uh, I mean, I kind of like Wendy's, but... Hey, I love Wendy's. Oh, man. We did try one more thing, mm. and I'm really happy that we get to end on what I assume will be a positive note, because we both tried two different kinds of pie. Absolutely. And these are definitely the only items that we can guarantee are made from scratch, because yeah. they make a big deal about that in interviews and on their website. I tried the pecan pie, which I love pecan pie. Absolutely. Okay. I make pecan pie just about every Thanksgiving and maybe a time or two during the year besides that. Barbecue restaurant dessert staple. For sure. This is a very traditional pecan pie preparation. It's a thin, crispy crust. Could have been a Pillsbury crust. Do sure. I want to I wanna give them cr- give credit where it's due? Hopefully, it was a genuinely homemade crust. I don't, I don't know why I'm saying hopefully. Who cares? It tasted good. Uh, had this deep, thick layer of filling. It was mm. like a good inch and a half of that caro filling. And they use dark caro syrup. A lot of places use light. This was dark. This was a very oh, dark-hued wow. pie. They used whole pecans, no halves or slices. It was rich and it was gooey. It had this great crunch from those whole pecans. Definitely tasted homemade. That's awesome. You know, you can tell the difference between like a high fructose corn syrup packed uh, pie, which is kind of ironic because, <laughs> because it is made of actual corn syrup, yes. but it was a really good pie. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. I was so glad I got it to go and then I ate it uh, like 9 p.m. that night or something. And I was so glad it was good. It was such a relief that that homemade pie was so tasty. Really enjoyed it. So I, what, what kind of pie did you get? I asked her the different pie types that she offered, and she remarked that he had made a cherry pie today, even though that that was not something he normally made. He just wanted to try it. And I got to say, I kind of wish I would have gotten another pie. But, you know, as the saying goes, I think it was operator error. I'm just not a big cherry pie fan. The crust was delicious. I think the filling was just cherry pie filling because... I don't even know how you execute a cherry pie any other way. It seems like a very long process. Well, you of... Put it in the pie-sized electric chair. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the cherry pie was all right. I would have loved a scoop of ice cream on top of it. I wish they offered ice cream because they have so many delicious pie offerings. Mm-hmm. Maybe this place should just be a pie restaurant. Yeah. But even then. There's still going to be second place in the Springfield mm, pie true. game. Boots, true pie guy. Yes. Kudos to Boots. Yes. So I guess that brings May us to May he live the... a long, immortal even life. Live <laughs> <laughs> forever, Boots. <laughs> you know, if this was my neighborhood barbecue restaurant, I'd probably be okay with it. Sure. You know, you develop affections for things that are close to you just because they're easy to get to. Maybe that's what they're going for. But that's the kind of place this is. I mean, there were people there when I went and mm-hmm. it was four o'clock on a Wednesday or something. Hey, you know what I love? I love that they have a drive-thru. Yeah. Any barbecue restaurant with a drive-thru, that's awesome. But unfortunately, I got to travel about two, three less miles mm-hmm. to get to bar- get to another barbecue to place. To get to another barbecue place <laughs> that also that has a like drive-thru The best on in the entire yeah. region, maybe, that kind of thing. Well, let's rate it. How many north side new constructions <laughs> would you give Wilson's Chuck Wagon, Dan? I feel like... Overall, we came off as pretty negative, but in my heart, I think it's a three-star place. I love that it has the drive-through there. If you're wanting drive-through barbecue, I would go here instead of a Dickies or a chain barbecue spot like that. So if you're DTBBQ, <laughs> if you're uh, down to drive-through barbecue, if... <laughs> Oh my God. DT, DT, BBQ? If you're DT, DT, BBQ, 
<laughs> then I'm DT WCW. <laughs> World Championship Wrestling? <laughs> Wilson's Chuck Wagon. Oh. <laughs> Wilson's Chuck Wagon versus NWO. <laughs> oh, my brain's not working. Oh, goodness. Um, Dan, I had a bad experience at this place, and some of it could have been me, but also I just thought the barbecue was bland for the most part. Sauce was mediocre. I did really like the pie, so I'm going to say like two-star food, four-star pie, and I'm going to give it a 2.5. Sure. 2.5, which I think is tied for the lowest rating I've ever given, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Hey, no, that's not true. We both gave Ziggy's a one. Oh, that's right. So, uh, He's tied for second. Well above the Ziglari empires. <laughs> Ziglari. <laughs> Ziglari. That's uh, not the name. <laughs> We're just going to leave it there, though. I, I talked to my brother about this spot, and he remarked, Barbecue is good. Barbecue <laughs> food is very good. It's hard to uh, really screw it up. There's many barbecue spots in town that I would rather go to than here. But at the end of the day, it's still barbecue. That's totally fair. I appreciate that take. We got to get him on the show. What a good guy. We really met for the first time after the live show. Yeah. And talked for a long time. Then we all sat down in the back afterwards. And I was like, hey, hey Zach and I are friends now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach was showing you his... Uh, spectacularly dumb tattoos <laughs> I, I have maybe the dumbest tattoo ever tattooed and he somehow just triple back flipped over me <laughs> with with his very dumb tattoo not one to be outdone oh goodness <laughs> yeah and the three of us have already got plans to hang out again here in about a month if you want to be annoyed in person, uh, come see us at the second row of the Billy Corgan show. Yeah, that's right. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs> second row. Yeah. Crazy. Second row center. Okay. Uh, it's probably time that we move on to another segment that everyone is going to love so much. If you remember two <laughs> years ago, we're going to celebrate the anniversary of our second episode by replicating our least loved segment of all time, one we abandoned almost immediately and never went back to in a full year. It's called Food is Everything. Wow. Dan and I both went on some trips. Dan left the morning after our live show. Yes, I had to pack um, maybe a little inebriated after <laughs> after our show and Why? after our post-show celebration. <laughs> uh, I put off packing for a while, so packed my bags. And in the morning, my lovely brother, who you mentioned, mm -hmm. drove me to the airport in Kansas City, Missouri to fly up to Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. Got to give a little love to St. Paul. I think most of the time I was actually in St. Paul, but I, I still refer to it as Minneapolis sure. for some reason. That area, man, I want to go so bad and just do the punk rock tour of Minneapolis oh and St. Yes. Paul. I mean, so several of my favorite bands came from there and they played like the 7th Street Entry mm -hmm. and uh, what's the other? First Avenue. First Ave. I want to go and just see those places. Yeah. They're, Badly. they're very cool. The downtown Minneapolis area is very cool. I've been before. Didn't get a chance to really go this time, but gotta say, I love the city up there, which is why I'm gonna get into some of the food I had up Please there. Please do. Andrew. That's me. Kansas City Airport. Burger King. You ever heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> You've had a Whopper One there. One of the worst meals of my entire life. Andy, I think I can back you up on it. The uh, the Burger King inside the Kansas City Airport, Terminal 2, Southwest Terminal, very bad. Bad. 
uh, $10 Whopper, <laughs> I think is what a, I had. A true Whopper. Oh, yes. Um, it was horrible. I just thought I'd touch on that because I knew that you had had a pretty poor yeah, experience. Dan there is before. referencing when I had a flight delay, I had been expecting to get off the plane and immediately go to In-N-Out Burger in San Francisco mm. and was instead forced to eat a Whopper. <laughs> at the Kansas City airport, and I just resented it the whole time to the extent that I annoyed the people I was traveling with so that I could take pictures and post anti-Burger King <laughs> jokes to Instagram. <laughs> so other people were like, hey, that's Alcatraz. And I was like, let me know if you see a dumpster full of cardboard <laughs> so I can take a funny picture. Great travel companion. Yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was not good, and um, it was my chagrin whenever I found out that after the TSA checkpoint, there were many more, possibly better restaurants yes. that I could have eaten at, but uh, Burger King was the first thing I saw. I thought it would be funny to eat there, and uh, boy, was it. And you defended the king from time to time, too, but now you understand where I was coming from that whole time. It was a terrible whopper. Oh, listen, I still defend the king, but... Uh... <laughs> As is your that, duty. That was very, very As a peasant bad. in the kingdom. Yes. Yeah. Whenever I swore my oath back before the old gods, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that means something. Got to Minneapolis. First stop, Raising Canes for that cane witch. Mm -hmm. Ever had Raising Canes? Uh, I think you and I may have had Raising Canes together Oh, yeah. Once. Maybe yeah. in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm. Gotta say, all the hype around these chicken sandwiches, I think Raising Canes has to be in the conversation. That cane witch with cane sauce. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. I'm not sure raisins belong on a chicken sandwich, though. <laughs> hey, I, I they're fibrous. <laughs> raisins and candy canes. What a weird idea for a sandwich. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> first evening there, went to the Mall of America, as one does whenever you're in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. You were talking about the abandoned price cutter you went to. I was in a near abandoned Mall of America. Some places there stay open until 10 midnight while everything else is closed and you find Whoa. yourself as one of maybe a hundred people just kind of shuffling around the empty halls of yeah. this three-story mall. Straight up Dawn of the Dead. Yes, it was very weird. Went to the Hard Rock Cafe there. Don't know if you've heard of it. Had a little uh, dish that I think you're familiar with. And how hard did you rock while <laughs> well, you were there? Uh, you know, just get an earful of this. This is a... Uh, I, I don't know if it, it was branded after any particular artist, but it was a uh, whiskey and Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Had two or three of those. Went and did yeah. an escape room at the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> much how you want to prepare for an escape room. <laughs> Boy, was it a good time. I've never been to an escape room before. Uh, I've always been invited as a part of like corporate events. And uh -huh. got to say, thought it sounded kind of corny. Thought it sounded pretty stupid, but uh, doing it. Maybe half drunk with my uh, with my <laughs> best buddy Josh yeah. up in uh, Minneapolis. It was a great time. Yeah, I mean, you guys did sign up for the kindergarten <laughs> escape room. It's like this is really hard. No, we signed it up with fifteen seconds left <laughs> for the gold rush. Oh, in which the mob was coming after us as we were trying to get the gold out of this cabin of somebody who owed money to the mob. Once our hour was up Wait, and we... Is this based on the film Public Enemies I from director so. Michael Mann? Yes. Really? Yes. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, the, the camera was very shaky. <laughs> <laughs> Could tell Early what was going digital on photography. Yeah, we uh we failed to escape in the twenty four in the uh, sixty minutes oh, allotted. You you don't say. <laughs> and uh, over the loudspeaker in the room, uh, someone announced that the mob was running seven minutes behind. <laughs> 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 then we completed it with about thirty three seconds to spare, and that's boy, great. was it a good time. Uh huh. It was just you and Josh. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it goes up to eight people. But gotta say, I do it. Do it with uh, just one buddy. What a good guy Josh is. I only know him from when the two of you were guests on my previous podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. That's pretty much the only time I've talked to him. But what a good dude. Hey, he he's one of the best. I was up there, and uh, he's uh, his son Oliver was celebrating his birthday. Oh. And uh, gotta say. I should have been a teacher, Andy. Yeah. These eight-year-olds, I was bossing them around like it was nobody's business. <laughs> it was so much fun. They were just like, oh, they just beat the tar out of each other on a trampoline. That's all that they wanted to do. But whenever they get that authoritative voice in their head, old Danny yell it at them to get in line. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think you'd be good at it. I mean that. I think I would be, too. I Man, I whipped them into a game of musical chairs like you couldn't imagine. <laughs> You whipped them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like butter. <laughs> anyway, Andy, let's get into the real food of it all. Yeah. Josh's lovely wife, Jess, made me an egg sandwich in the morning. <laughs> She's going to go every single thing you ate, huh? <laughs> yeah, naturally. But this one actually is special. She put jelly on it, Andy. Oh, wow. And I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Was it jalapeno jelly? No, I, it was, was it? some kind of purple jelly. <laughs> Welch's? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a uh, like blackberry or uh, mm-hmm. just regular grape jam, but boy, you want to kick up your egg sandwich. Go ahead and throw some jelly on there. Kick up the jams. That's MC5. That's another. <laughs> yes. uh, well, I think they're from Detroit. But, yeah, you know, I think they're Midwest. kicking out the jams. Actually, I made it a joke, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, let's let's get serious now. I did yeah. have some actual restaurant food up mm. there. Primarily Parkway Pizza, the uh, pizza shop that Josh manages up there in St. Louis Park. They serve Minneapolis-style pizza. That's cheese on top of the toppings, thin crust, pretty standard stuff. I don't know which one I even want to cover first, Andy, because they were both pretty special pies. Started off with the Thai chicken pizza. I saw pictures of this. Oh, boy, did you. This was pretty much designed to make you jealous with a uh, peanut butter sriracha sauce, ah! chicken, diced green peppers, diced onions, fresh garlic grated on top. This is one of the best slices of pizza I've ever had. Wow. That peanut butter base is really something else. Just cracker thin crust. So, <sighs> so good. Something you should maybe try and replicate at a pizza night mm-hmm. with old Jake Heron. It's been done. Ain't been done like this. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's, it's not vegan. <laughs> Next up, we had the reverse stuffed crust pizza, which is a truly insane thing that I don't believe is actually on the actual menu. Yeah. This seems more like a sort of like back a, end Like a Josh mentioned. Yes. This was a mix of red and Alfredo sauce, a layer of pepperonis on the very outer crust where the actual crust would be, then another layer around that kind of stacked on top of each other um, like you would roof tiles Mm -hmm. really cooked to the point where they're a super crispy oily pepperoni crust and in the center a hefty helping of mozzarella and feta melted into a sort of cheese pool in the center with little feta flotation devices I, I don't know I don't know what these guys were smoking when they came up with this but uh, it's probably marijuana because <laughs> 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 this is really like this is this is something a, a stoned person would come uh-huh. up with and a, a stoned person. Would sure. Eat. It was pretty good. But Andy, yeah, there's one thing that I had while I was up there. 
not from Parkway Pizza. Had something from the High Low Diner. Oh. The High Low is an original 1957 Fodero Diner relocated from Gibsonia, Pennsylvania to Minneapolis. What? Yeah. It's an actual diner trailer uh-huh. like you would see in a Happy Days or yeah. I guess you didn't see any other restaurants in Happy Days yeah, besides true. the one that they hung out at. Shiny chrome exterior, bright leather teal booths in the inside. This place is awesome. I've been there before with Josh. Last time I went, I had a breakfast sandwich, but I regretted not getting what Josh got. He got the notorious PIG high top. A high top is described as such sweet and savory flavor combinations on top of our signature fried pastry dough. Summarized, it's a it's, a, it's stuffed piled on top of a big old donut. <laughs> the donut is huge, pillowy, maybe covered in a little glaze, but not as explicitly sweet as your typical donut. There's a few options for your high top. You can get the Gary Cooper. That's buttermilk fried chicken, maple bourbon syrup, and country gravy on top of a donut. There's the Minneapolis Bliss with apples, sea salt caramel, whipped cream, and candied pecans, of course, on top of a donut. And then there's the notorious PIG. Pulled pork, a sunny side up egg. What? Black bean and corn salsa. Whoa. And sour cream. Mm. Like a delicious egg carnitas taco on top of a donut <laughs> this was so good i'm so glad that i had a chance to go back and have this yeah and i've officially talked too long about my trip to <laughs> minneapolis andy you had a trip yourself you didn't see any bands up there this time i didn't know i went, went to, to a, hang out yeah uh southwest was selling 50 tickets uh there and back so just took it as a little chance to go up there my favorite rapper, Danny Brown, is playing there in just a few days. If I could have, I would have pushed back the entire yeah. thing, but it just didn't fall that way. <laughs> well, I just got back yesterday from a short trip to St. Louis. You sure did. Which is a city in Missouri, probably the <laughs> biggest city in Missouri. Maybe. I don't know if anybody knows about it. It's uh, where the Mississippi and <laughs> Missouri rivers converge. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what if I, I'm just going to give you the full history of St. Louis now for full context. <laughs> Play the bio segment. Now, I went to see some bands. As everyone uh, knows, it's International Middle-Aged White Punk Rock Month. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's weird. That's not the only kind of music I listen to. It is like one of the types of music I'm really passionate about, sure. music that I connect with, because those people look and sound exactly like me, mm-hmm. mostly. You know? But that's not all I'm into. Just if you were to look at what I'm doing with my time this month, you would think, this guy really loves white dudes playing punk rock. Yep. And it's true, I do, but I like all kinds of You could of probably stuff look too. at Andy, just, <laughs> just any photo and, and know that. Black jeans, dorky, <laughs> dorky band shirts. Like, this guy spends a lot of time listening yeah. to whiny music. <laughs> the reason I booked the trip was because of the band Titus Andronicus was playing on Friday night. And then I noticed that another band I really like called the Dirty Nil was opening for a band I kind of like called White Reaper the night before sure. that. So I took a personal day and went down there and uh, watched all of those bands, plus some other ones who opened. I also did a lot of eating, and I planned it out in advance. I uh, got a hold of uh, noted 417 Magazine food writer Claire Porter, who wow. you know from our Jay Perino's episode. Quite, quite a notable person. Yeah, and she uh, is from St. Louis, and I asked her where I should eat. She gave me a long list, as you might imagine, yeah. uh, having heard her on the show. I went up going to one place that she mentioned. tried to go to another one, but wound up not going there for reasons I'll get to. 
The first place was a place right by my Airbnb, and this was not one of Claire's recommendations, but it was called Max Local Eats, which is like a Ooh. smash burger restaurant that uses only local ingredients. Nice. I showed up about an hour and a half before my show, and the line was over an hour long. Oh, man. Um, I didn't realize it was that big of a thing. Now, this was Friday night, but it's, it's situated inside of a microbrewery, so I was really excited to go and just like sit and have try some local beer sure. and eat this burger, but I was too pressed for time. I couldn't do it, and I was standing outside of the restaurant kind of Googling what else was close by that I could try that was good and get me out of there quickly, and one of the cooks was outside having a smoke break. This is the first of a few different times on this trip where a random dude struck up a long conversation with me. It sure. was mostly one-sided. <laughs> and uh, he was telling me, yeah, you got to show up. He could tell. I think you tell exactly what was going on. Yeah. It was like, I just, I was telling him I was in town for a show, whatever, everything I just told you. And he told me, yeah, this is, yeah, it's a pretty popular place. It just kind of blew up out of nowhere. And so I didn't get to go. I have to go uh, again. I told him I'd come You're back like the next me. day. You're like me. You don't like a time crunch. You don't, you don't like being late to the show. No, I, I mean, Dirty Nail was opening. Oh, yes. So I, I yeah. had to be there, you know, closer to the start of the show. Anyway, so I found this place called Bird and Barrel, which is a really re- well-reviewed, uh, new, relatively new uh, chicken sandwich sure. and chicken nugget restaurant, like a high-end Ooh, chicken nugget. Okay. They call them nugs there for I don't love that. obvious reasons. But <laughs> uh, I had this place had been on my radar because it was close by and also popped up in like some feast articles and some other places like that. So I went in and I ordered not the Nashville hot chicken sandwich, but a spicy chicken sandwich that had a big old piece of. Uh, breaded fried chicken and turned out it was mostly breading Ooh. which was interesting you know i need some juicy chicken in there yeah um this looked really great on the plate it was piled really high and this is that soggy bottom bun i was talking about mm. came out with a soggy bottom bun it's like why does this even have bread on it it also had something on it that was not listed in the description which was barbecue potato chips on top of the uh, sandwich what and there was some, a little bit of slaw and there were some pickles on there too and i gotta say you know it was fine I kind of I love the the concept the picture was great. you painted there, and it was like a nice looking buttered brioche bun. I thought it was a fine sandwich. Sure. This place is like rated four point seven on Yelp or wherever I checked, and uh, it just made me really appreciate that we have several better chicken sandwiches nice. at home. Yeah. This is like a place that is a well reviewed, like listed as one of the best chicken sandwiches in St. Louis which is a pretty big food city. They have their own food podcast, by the way. It's called We Eat Stuff. I've listened to it a few oh, times. Wow. It's a lot, a lot different tone than ours. Husband and wife that go around and review places, talk to chefs and stuff. But um, I, I was disappointed in the sandwich. It was also not what I went to go order. Okay. That was also not one of Claire's recommendations. You know, the, for The soggy bottom bun, that'll make you a, a man of constant sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my sorrow wasn't constant because I went to, I went to that dirty nil show. one of those bands that uh i love their music and really connected with it and then when i saw a picture of them i was like no because <laughs> they're like handsome oh yeah you know you there's like a that. dejectedness to their music and it's very like emotionally vulnerable and stuff like that but there's also a cockiness to it that i really like sure. like some swagger when i saw them 
their picture as I like knew that something was up. And it turns out there's like a huge layer of irony to everything <laughs> that they do. I mean, they end their very earnest album with the cover of Metallica's Hit the Lights. It's like a pretty <laughs> funny thing to do. And I didn't like connect the dots there. And I love those songs, but for that big like Joker-esque grin on the guy's face while he was singing these songs, it means so much to me. It's like, oh man, <laughs> this is not what I wanted. I'm glad. I mean, I love the music and it still means something to me, but you know. And then White Reaper mailed it, mailed it in, mailed it. It's like, I'm not going to say it was a bad show because the songs are good, but I've, it's rare that I see a band look that bored on sure. stage. And it was the first night of the tour. You know, maybe they were just getting warmed up. And they mm. have a new album coming out in a few weeks. They played like three or four songs from that new album. And they perked up, like noticeably got more excited when those songs went on. And they sounded great, too. What I assume in situations like that is they've probably like recorded these new songs using different gear, like different guitars. And so those songs are going to sound the best because they're touring with the gear sure. they play those songs with. It's just a theory. But uh, they their headlining set lasted about 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And they played one of their best songs. They're, my favorite song of theirs is called Half Bad, and it's from their first album. They played half of half bad. Oh, just a quarter just bad. Ended it suddenly. Didn't even say anything. I think no. I think the guy said, "See you guys next time," and then walked off stage. <laughs> no encore. And they didn't. They, it has like this this swirling uh, instrumental outro of the song. It would have been a great way to go out. And they just didn't play it. Wow. They just walked off stage. They, while they were playing, it was like you could see thought bubbles with like the hotel room shower. Forty-five you know, minutes. Forty-five minute headlining. I set. think the shortest headlining set I've seen is an hour. Yeah, and that was Death Grips. So they pack, they pack a whole lot. Into oh an yeah, hour. yeah. I mean, you don't want more than that. Monday night in Springfield, Joyce Manor is playing, and that's a band that they they will probably play for an hour and play twenty-two songs. Oh, and yeah. It will be deeply yeah. satisfying. White, Re- White Reaper is a band who, whose songs last like three or four minutes, and I, I didn't count. They probably played like twelve or thirteen, something wow. like that, and it was so short. That's wild. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't care about that band to begin with, really. I like some songs, but so I wasn't as dis- I wasn't disappointed or anything. If Titus Andronicus had done that, I'd have been concerned, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, let's move on to the next day. I ha- went to breakfast in one of my favorite places in Kansas City. It's called Half and Half. I might have talked about it on the show before, but you can get like a it's it's like a raspberry compote pancake. It's got raspberry mascarpone, sure. but the real deal, like the real important thing, is to get it fried in duck fat. Ugh. A duck fat fried pancake. Got some potatoes. Got some Brussels. Before oh. fantastic. Then I went to the Anheuser-Busch Brewery and took the uh, one of the tours. I took like the mid-level 75-minute tour. It was really fun to see the plant and everything. The, the best part was the bottling facility. And they have all these different conveyor belts where they're bottling all these different types of beer uh, at once. And that was my favorite part. But really, I got to say, I've been to a lot of microbrewery tours at this point, probably like four or five. Sure. And this was the least informative tour, despite the fact that it's probably one of the most elaborate brewing facilities in the country. Yeah. It was fun. I'm glad I went, but it was not an excellent tour. It was very corporate, as you might expect, being a massive corporation. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so then I went to see the Joker movie, which I thought was good. Surprisingly, wow. hate, hate the director actively. He made a good movie. <laughs> uh, I've, I'm surprised we can talk about it on Twitter or something. If anyone wants to talk to me about it, we don't need to get into it. I, I don't think we should talk about the Joker on this show. No. It, could be too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but we are the danger boys. We decided. Yes, yeah. We're now <laughs> yeah. the danger boys in year two. Yeah. So 
Then I finally got to go to one of the Claire Porter recommendations, which was Taco Circus. Ooh, I saw pictures of this one. Yeah. I got a fish taco and a pastor taco, which were good. I would say those are like good 3.5, four-star tacos. What I really love was the sides. Mm. Got Mexican street corn, which had been charred black Ooh. and then smothered with probably queso fresco or something like that. And those were really, really just fantastic. Yeah. And then I think probably the best rice and beans I've ever had. The wow. rice was so it was just like deeply textured and had a very specific seasoning blend that I hadn't really tasted before. And then it was just straight up pinto beans, um, not refried beans, but pinto beans and two of them mixed yeah. together, which is so awesome. I had a good um, house margarita, which was fine. It just tastes like a standard margarita. Um, again, with the tacos, it was like very much Americanized style tacos and um, really made me appreciate a certain taco place we have in town that's doing that exact style of tacos. Nice. nice. Um, I, you know, I'm definitely on the team. So not to allude <laughs> too deeply to that, too, not to allude too strongly to that. But uh, yeah, the sides were really, really great. And I had a reservation for 10 a.m. the next morning at this place called Sardella, which is another place from the list of recommendations. And they had some kind of eggs Benedict ravioli, oh, which I was okay. excited to try. But honestly, food fatigue set in. Like, okay. I was just, yep. I, I ate so much. I ate three meals there total. My, I was there for two full days and ate three meals. In that time, and I just the enormous amount of food that I ate, I was just like, you know what? I woke up four thirty in the morning, and I was like, you know what? I'm just not. I'm not going to go to this last place. I'm just going to go home. And then got a text that said, "Hey, can you help me uh, unhaul this stuff?" The abandoned <laughs> price cutter. So I wound up getting directly off the road to go do that. But I do want to talk about that Tyus Andronica show. This is my seventh time. For anybody who doesn't know, wow. they like this very wild punk band and the dude who it's just basically one dude's project and he is like a high level genius but he's also a manic depressive and so he often will write music in this manic state and it's he will tell you it's like this pretentious preposterous punk music like they he made a a 90 minute rock opera about manic depression that has like 22 tracks and a full like story arc it's like a five act arc and I have loved this band for over 10 years. It's been 10 years since the first time I saw them. Wow. And I, I say this is my seventh time. Yeah. Have you seen and anybody I, more than that? Uh, yeah. Probably seen the whole study more than that. Wow. Um, I, I've seen some of Slowly Before Sales 20, 30 times. Sure. But I don't know if that really counts. I'd have to go do the math. But it's Titus may be the number one. I don't know for sure. This was the best show since the first one. Wow. He was openly, he was open about the fact that he was in a, a manic state, like in a positive way and uh, high energy. He came out and opened to the show. He just walked out on stage by himself and talked to the crowd for two or three minutes, like interacted. It's awesome. It was um, a pretty light crowd from what was. I saw on your Instagram. 40 or 50 people tops. Now, this is a band that I have watched twice with crowds of like 15,000 people before wow. at festivals or with like three or 400 at smaller venues. And so each each year that I've seen them, the, the rooms have just gotten a little bit smaller and a little bit smaller, you know, but honestly, that makes the shows even a little bit more special. And it means more that those 40 or 50 people came than sure. it maybe it does that those 15,000 people came to those other shows, you know, so they, I really appreciate that they don't seem like they're sad about it. Like they put in just as much effort and energy into the show as they did to the ones with, that, where I saw them with many more people. That's incredible. And then 
it was it was great. The set list was fantastic. There weren't any surprises. They played the same set they've been playing on this tour. It didn't do any covers or anything. Whatever. Um, it was I great. They I, just played uh, "Keep On Rocking" in the free world yeah, with, with a fellow podcaster, Mark <laughs> Maron. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I danced and I shouted along and I wasn't necessarily able to talk the next day, sure. which I found myself in a situation that required a lot of talking that I wanted to be doing. And I was like, I'm real sorry that my voice isn't working right yeah, now. Yeah, they're kind of the gravelly shout alongs. Yeah, yeah some of those, and uh, I gravelly shouted along. Was the band ugly enough for you to enjoy? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You can see the picture of me with the singer. He was like hanging out by the merch table after the show. And which he he's never done that at other shows, sure. probably because there were more people. And I got to take my picture with him. I went up to try and get a medium sized t shirt because I I have a tightest shirt, but it's misprinted. Sure. And it this it's off center and I just hate the way it looks. So I was like, I gotta get another one. Didn't have any medium shirts. Wow. I have it's every a pretty medium sized audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh he's like, I got an XL if you want that. And I was like, nah, not yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I wish I liked uh, Tyson yeah. Andronicus more. I could have. I wish he did too. You could come <laughs> on this trip with me. Anyway, he was uh, he was like being a salesman for his own records. He's, <laughs> I was like, I've got them all, man. I I was like, I got have all these records. Um, he's like, you got this one. He points to this like really obscure Halloween LP, and I was like, or Halloween EP they put out. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, can I get a picture anyway? I'm real sorry and. I hate being the person who asked for a picture. And he's like, sure. oh, yeah, yeah. Can you take our picture? And he was just so cool about yeah. it. And so I got my picture with Patrick Stickles, which is, it was a big moment. Big ups to Patty Sticks. Patty, it's Patty Fat Stacks. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, he was so nice to everyone that was there. It wasn't just me. But then I stood and talked to him. And I know from interviews and stuff. And also during the show, he's like, we're going to play these two songs. I haven't been played in Missouri for seven years. It was the first two tracks from their album's album Local Business. And he like it wasn't a rant. He was like, This is our least loved album. And it's I don't your know, most loved album. It's my favorite there. one. Wow. I told him that. And he just told me like I was just a really hard time in my life. You know, <laughs> he was going through a rough a rough patch. I think he said it was a nightmare year, is what he said. Wow. But anyway, so I got to talk to him about that. And that was really, really cool. I got to meet this dude whose music meant so much to me for such a long time. It's all very serendipitous. I think he was very instrumental in helping out the band that we talked about a year ago. Yeah, that's true. We don't need to our get into food that or is say everything. their name again. Yeah, but. no, we won't. But they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So, he, yeah. He uses the name of that band, which is a very distinct name, in a lyric in one of their songs, in, in the Titus Andronicus song. I like Titus Andronicus yeah. a whole lot more so now. We're, we're, living, we're living in a very specific type of planet, <laughs> is uh, the reference. Anyway, so there's a lot of band talk for our for, uh, the anniversary of our second <laughs> the episode. Stuff people really come yeah. to the show for. Uh, to be honest, we didn't have a whole lot to plan for this episode, and that's why this is happening, because we're out of town. Yeah, both coming off vacation, a little, little looser at So, genuine question for our listeners. Do you like it when we do this? <laughs> <laughs> Here's why. We're not going to do this as part of the main show, but we've been kind of talking about doing some sort of subscription-based bonus episodes, and Dan didn't know I was going to bring this up. Oh. So, If you would spend like $3 a month or something, half of which would go to like food charities, that's our current idea. Sure. Would you do that to hear us just talk about random stuff rather than food? Two, two more episodes a month? Is that what we've spoken about? Uh, I don't know. I don't or think we established one every week. Yeah, something like that. We haven't really figured it out yet, but we're thinking about doing something like that um, to sort of offset the cost of the show and also just to... We we promote food a lot, and I feel, like, I feel a little guilty about the gluttonous sure. lifestyle that we promote, and I want to offset that somehow. Well, we both do. I say it like it's just me. Offset. But. 
<laughs> sorry. Anyway, if you think that's a good idea, I, I just tell us what you think. Would you subscribe to it? Is it a good idea, yeah. a bad idea? We want to figure out some way to do some more good because I really got a good feeling whenever we were able to raise, uh, gather all that food for the Ozarks Food Harvest at the show. So, Well, Andy, after all that, I think it's probably time that we go ahead and wrap up the show. And Bone in! Bone in! Bone in! Oh, okay. Uh, um, hello. That are are you a dog? It's me, Charles Wagon. You invited me. I certainly didn't. Oh, I, I I did. It was me. I invited him. I thought he had something to do with Wilson's Chuck Wagon. Oh, you know, his name's Charles Wagon, okay. but I was wrong. I he was so excited to come on though that I felt bad canceling. So I told Charles he could just like swing by and say hey. Uh, can I get you anything, Charles? Uh, some water? Uh, well, yeah. So make it twice purified mineral water in an alabaster bowl. And could you get me a plate of clay oven roasted lamb and a side of fresh tuna tartare? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll see what I can find in the kitchen, but it might might take a while. Wait. Hey, Dan, can you just handle the interview section here while I get this ready? Uh, yeah, sure, Andy. Uh, I guess question one. Can all dogs talk? Oh, no, no. Most dogs can't talk. I'm, I'm an exceptional dog, a very good boy. I'm, I'm a dog genius. A, a dog genius. Oh, why, yes. My dog IQ is very high. Did, did you know I'm a member of Dog Mensa? Dog Mensa. It, w- <laughs> what are those meetings like? Well, they're a lot of fun, Dan. Uh, someone throws a stick, and then we all use pads and paper to calculate the stick's exact velocity and trajectory. Okay. Then we race each other to the stick and see who can bring it back fastest. <laughs> rough, rough. It, it, I, I'm I, sorry. I'm st- still getting over the fact that dogs can talk. Is, is that is that what you wanted to talk about? A uh, dog Mensa? Oh, no. I'm just a big fan of the show. I was happy to get the invitation. I mean, I'm a fan of when you're talking, Dan. Oh, man. Thank you. That that means a lot coming from a dog. Andy, though, well, look, there's only, there's only one way to say it. And it can be a bit of a Oh, come on now. Andy's all right. Look at me, Dan. I know when I see one. <laughs> uh, all right. So <laughs> you're on the air. Uh, you've got the floor. What do you want to say besides Andy being a, you know, I'm here to talk about bonelessness in America, Dan. There's just just too many nuggets. <laughs> all those nuggets out there. Nugs. Nugs. Buck Park. <laughs> There's just nothing left for victims of quadrupedalism to chew on. That's why we started the Bones Brigade. Wait, the the Bones Brigade. So you like a poochie-esque skateboarding <laughs> talking dog from the 80s? Oh, no, that, that would have been funnier. <laughs> but it's 2019 now, Dan. The, the 80s were like 10 dog lifetimes ago. You, you must be thinking of a different Bones Brigade. Yep, yep. Uh... Okay, tell me about your Bones Brigade. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks, Dan. I, I want to. Uh, we're a bonelessness activist group. We did our best work in the 90s, back when my predecessors lobbied hard for the legalization of GMO chickens. Sure. We wanted bigger chickens, and we got them. You know what they say. <laughs> the bigger the chicken, the bigger the bones. And you know what we dogs say? The bigger the bones, the better. Oh, uh... You know, I'm, I'm not actually sure if Andy knows this. He's in arf, the other arf. room, but uh, 
uh, dogs can't have chicken bones. Um, it kills them. They splinter inside their bodies. But uh, so, so you're you're responsible for massive mutant chickens. Uh, has, has the Bone Brigade done anything recently? Well, I, I'm, that's news to me. I would explain why so many, many of my friends have died young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would, absolutely would. Uh, since I took over, some of the more recent advocacy has been predicated on a, a little bit of a misunderstanding. <laughs> For years, we thought we were working so hard to end bonelessness. We were holding rallies with signs and chants, more bones, more bones, yeah, more think, bones. I've seen some of those. Yeah, that's, that's what we would say. Sometimes we would chant, bring bones back. Bring bones back. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. And it was working every every year. These human men in suits would come out and announce, "All right, you mangy mutts, one more year of bones." Okay. <laughs> then we'd celebrate, run around, chase each other, sniff butts, <laughs> yeah, bite each other as, as dogs do. <laughs> but then a year would go by, and we wouldn't see any increase in bones in the world, Dan. So, so we'd rally again. Okay. <laughs> That happened 12 years in a row. Wow. Still no more bones. Well, turned out there'd been a big misunderstanding. The public thought we were asking for more episodes of the Fox Network's hour-long paleontology-focused procedural drama, Bones. Starring David Boreanaz and Emily Deschanel as titular Bones. Okay. Yes. We really should have known. I mean, how else did that show run for 13 seasons? At least we were successful at something. Anyway, I just wanted to encourage your listeners to, to boycott boneless meat. Bone it! Bone it! Bone it! Bone it! Uh, so you you know that all those chicken nuggets and boneless wings, they they still have bones. They're just taken out and, you know, not left in the chicken. They, that Those bones still go somewhere. You can still get those. What? Really? Where, where do you get them? I, I mean, I, I hesitate telling you because, like I said, chicken bones do kill dogs uh, and cats as well. Oh. Pretty sure they're just at some bone waste site. Well, turns out my, my whole life has been a waste. Okay. Well. Oh, well, <laughs> I think I'm going to take up skateboarding now. <laughs> that way I won't have to end the bones brigade. <laughs> Probably better than feeding your fellow brethren uh, chicken bones and killing them. All right. Well, when Andy comes back, you know, you, you can just have the tuna and the lamb yourselves. I'm going to take off and get out of your hair. Wait, one last thing, Dan. Um, if you don't mind, could, could you rub my belly? Yeah, come over here, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like that, don't you? Oh, his little oh, legs shaking. Oh, oh, yeah. He likes that. Hey, uh, all right. I got the food back. Uh, hell, is he, is, he leave- is he heading out already? Yeah, I was just giving oh, him a little belly He was belly a talking snatch. dog. I would have loved to talk to a talking dog. Well, I, I guess we have this oven roasted lamb now and this tuna tartare <laughs> that I just happened to prepare in five minutes. But, oh, well, maybe he'll come back again. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps up our show for this week. Or does it? It does. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We have no idea what we're doing. We haven't figured it out yet. But thank you again for a great first year. It's really fun to do. Yeah. Gonna, we're going to do it as long as it stays fun. Thank you. Yeah. It's been fantastic. The live show was a thrill of a lifetime. And hopefully we do that a little more as well. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support our podcast, guess what? You can. Visit support.springfoodpod.com. That's support.springfoodpod.com. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Spring Food Media.
public thought we were asking more. <laughs> the public thought we were asking for more episodes of the Fox Network's hour-long Paintall. The public thought we were asking for more episodes of the Fox Network's hour-long paleontology-focused. <laughs> the public thought we were asking for more episodes of the Fox Network's hour-long paleontology-based. <laughs> God. Ah. I, I woke up late today. My medicine hasn't kicked in yet. All right, <laughs> what you call your like cup of whiskey in the morning? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, my uh, Zyrtec slash uh, Sudafed. Yeah, it's a form of Sudafed. <laughs> your, your three Prozacs <laughs> have not kicked in yet. No, it's more of a late form of Sudafed. That's how I start my day. Yes, put it that way. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a, a cooked version. <laughs> Live to a hard drive. You're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri.